Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comedy Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Decoria. And today we are back with our Women's History Month special. Woo-hoo-hoo. Women's History Month. Um, um, you know, thank you to all of our the women in our lives, the women currently beaten ass at the supreme court all the women who are making strides in judicial and medical and technology and art fields we're just here to kind of celebrate them in our own special way we were going to do another history special like we did for black history month but since we are a media-based podcast we said why don't we just talk about our favorite women in media so that's what we're going to be doing today i hope you remember to drink your water wear a mask and sunscreen and so we're just going to kind of like talk about um, iconic people from our childhoods, currently people who have made impacts on us um, and things like that. I have a question for everybody, though. Do you remember the first time that you saw something akin to representation or of one character that you relate to the most um, when it comes to media? Like for me, I remember watching the Barney stuff and like, you know, those like diversity um kid shows where there's always like a black kid. So it's like things that pop in my head is like the black kids that were like on Barney, out of the box. Oh yes. Out of the box. Shout out to Out of the Box. <laughs> yeah, out of the box and things like that. I uh related a lot to the Lion King, of course, because there were like no other black princesses at the time and so Lion King was like a big thing for me. Where I was like, oh, this is like really cool to see because they were from Africa, it's like a default um a default kind of connection for black kids, I feel. In, I don't like the early nineties. I I don't know. When I was a kid, like I don't know how to try to I'm trying to phrase this in the right way. I I wasn't really thinking about stuff like that. So I can't think of a time where I felt like I like as a child, I was like, oh my God, like this is like me. Also too, in my family, like we watched a lot of like black television. So Mm -hmm. there was never a time where I didn't feel represented on TV to make me think, oh, I wish I saw someone who looked like me, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Cause like um, growing up on black sitcoms and just- Yeah, exactly. It's like a very- easy way but i think i felt i definitely felt like um when i started getting more into fantasy mm-hmm. i think that was kind of when i saw the lack of black representation because i was a book reader in like middle school and high school and anybody who was like described as like tan or the color of almond or wood i was like oh this person <laughs> has color in them and so i'm like i'm going to you know latch onto this character until they inevitably die um but yeah so I think that was for me when I was like more conscious when I started being more conscious of um the lack of representation and things like that what about you guys um I would say okay y'all know how I was a Disney Channel kid and Disney Channel in the early 2000s was for the whites like they had <laughs> I talk about it on here but um you know Ra- uh, That's So Raven is the only show I can remember off the top of my head but I just thought about it um when it comes to Disney Channel films, the only ones that like come off the top of my head or made a lasting impression were the ones where they ha- either had a black character mm-hmm. or, um, yeah, like Twitches and Cheetah Girls. Um, and then there were like also like True Jackson VP on Nickelodeon. So I guess that would have to be the first time. 
Mm. Okay. What about you, Nia? Hmm. Um, I think I don't remember the first time where I was cognizant of like whether something reflected me, but things I think I gravitated towards was also like Barney and I loved Arthur. Arthur was my show. To me, those characters Mm. are black. To me, they're black, but that's just (laughs) me. Um, I also, like I watched a lot of those like early, like Nick Jr. What was it called? Disney. What was it called? Oh, I'm forgetting. Like the the kids, the kids one. Yeah. The kids, Disney. Disney Jr. Jr. It, I don't, it was Junior? called something else back in the day. I just don't remember the name anymore. Oh, I feel mm. so bad. But y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. For the Disney for kids. Um, I used to like Roly Poly Oli a lot. And I never, oh, yeah. those were like, that was a show that like, I don't even remember what it was about. Um, yeah. The Honestly, a lot of what I'm noticing now, a lot of animals or in non-humans. So yes. I loved Roly Poly Oli, the Berenstein Bears, like Clifford, um, Arthur, a lot of things where there's not many human beings present. And I guess it's because it was maybe due to lack of rest representation. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, one thing that is kind of complicated for me is that I like the Disney princesses, but I never felt that one, even to this day, I never feel like one reflects me because Tiana, Same. I think is a, is a great princess, but I feel like she wasn't even allowed to be herself in her own. She movie. wasn't allowed to be human. <laughs> yeah. Right. 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 And Disney tends to do that with black characters. So that's like, I, I don't know if I have even to this day feel like, okay, this princess is like for me. So, um, yeah, I guess I just watched a lot of movies and shows with animals. The only mm-hmm. show that I really loved that had humans in it was Scooby-Doo. That was it. Oh, I used to love Scooby-Doo as well. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that's probably also, about it. It was Playhouse Disney. That's what it was called. Yes! Yeah. Playhouse Disney! Shout out to Playhouse Disney. <laughs> yeah, thank you for checking. So, um, I'll start off first about um, shows that I feel that were kind of impactful for me. I was a Disney girl growing up. I was very much a Disney girl growing up. So, one of the most impactful shows to me, though, I didn't. I don't think I realized it at the time because you know Disney has its like diversity list of like how many white shows do we have when you at least have one or two black shows. And so, if you were a black girl growing up in the early two thousands, you probably watched Tia and Tamara. And Tia and Tamara was like my shit. Like watching Tia and Tamara and then watching the spinoff with their little brother and all of those like early two thousand sitcoms. Tia and Tamara was like a show where I was like, it was interesting to watch because um as somebody who's a dark-skinned woman i've never seen a lot of other dark-skinned people on screen and it's always that that black family formula the dark-skinned dad and the light-skinned mom and the light-skinned kids and so it was interesting to watch that but i just remember like tea and tamir was something that i would watch every week when twitches came out bitch i was ecstatic for twitches and like the whole disney cinematic universe that surrounded the twins and i just think it was like so it was just it was really cool to watch two black girls just kind of be like teenagers and finding out their way i will never forget that episode where was it i don't know which twin was it but one of them started smoking girl i will never forget that episode and like they turn off the lights and she lit the she lit the lighter and they're like how do you know how to do a lighter and so it was like a really cool like adolescent prepubescent show about like high school and friends and peer pressure and like it was also like a i think for its time a show about like two divorced parents um 
you know, meeting up and stuff like that. And so it was like a really fun show to watch. And it probably did have a really big impact on how I like view um, friendships in high schools and family dynamics. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So my my first one is Tia and Tamira. I really did, mm-hmm. truly did uh, love that show. So, yeah. I what about you, uh, Maren? Oh, go ahead, uh, Maren. I was just like, I just find it interesting that Sister Sister was not a Disney Channel show, but Twitches was. So did they get older and sign with Disney? And that's how it was put on? I think Sister Sister oh. got syndicated by Disney, right? They got, yeah, they got right? on the Disney Channel. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I think it started on either, correct me if I'm wrong, ABC Family okay. um, or like, definitely... like ABC. Okay. And Disney owns or Disney bought something which made them be a part of the okay. Disney family. I, like, I, believe. I don't remember Sister Sister being on the Disney Channel Oh no! I might have mixed that it, up. Well, it no, no I didn't. It, it was on there. It was yeah. on there. I remember seeing it on Disney Channel. So it wasn't like was it prime time? I don't think it was like when the Disney shows were on. It might have been during like when I after. watched it when I was a kid. But like this was like mid two thousands. Reruns used to show like during the day on Disney. Yeah. Oh, I, okay. When it first came out, it probably definitely was just on like ABC. Okay. Yeah. So um, my first character is Fran Fine from the 90s sitcom character, The Nanny. Okay. When it comes to shows um, that I rewatch now as an adult, they usually watch in the cha- as a child. The Nanny is the only show that I do that with in multiple yeah. times because I think it was like Fran Fine was this like older woman who dressed amazingly because at the time, besides the nanny, I was getting hit with early 2000s fashion from Disney. So, mm-hmm. like, one was better than the other, obviously, even when I was younger. <laughs> and I also, um, I guess you could say, like, it introduced me to, like, having, like, fashion and everything. Even though I'm not, I have an interest in it now because of that show. Mm-hmm. And also, um, the fact that she was funny, she was pretty, the way she... Um, the way she was, what is it, like assertive and bold when it came to her flirting with Mr. Sheffield, you know, not being timid or shy. And I learned um, later on that the show The Nanny was produced with by Fran Drescher and her then um, husband, which explains why the show was so good. You know, women's, yeah. um, what's it called? Um, what is it called? The women's viewpoint, like... Um, mm-hmm that's what the show was being filmed in. So it makes sense why her character was so amazing. But yeah, that would be. Yeah. The nanny stands the test of time. The jokes, mm-hmm. some of them are very insensitive, but like rewatching it, I rewatched it when Marion started rewatching it. And it's just like, it's still funny. It's still very like grown and hilarious. And mm-hmm. like sitcoms from that age should just have a special spark. Exactly. And so yeah. And Fran Drescher, baby, dressed to the nines. I don't Girl, I I didn't realize. Of course it makes sense, but she was wearing designer the entire show. Every of single course thing. She was. Of course she was. Of course she was. <laughs> but she was shopping at what was it? It wasn't Bloomingdale's. Was it Bloomingdale's was the name of the stupid store that they were saying she I kept think so. going to? And it's just like, you're not fighting. What's at Bloomingdale's, bitch? She was <laughs> she was like, but I was I definitely wanted to buy blackout tights after mm-hmm. watching nanny because i'm like i need to just have a pair of blackout tights because that's like mm-hmm. such a 90s aesthetic but yeah fran was fran is a fashion icon and that show is hilarious okay what about you Nia? okay so i my first pick unsurprising to anybody um i picked mariah carey um mm. i 
so backstory um i was just like a kid who grew up listening to the radio i have older parents and so mm-hmm. they kind of donated their musical influences to me so i'll never forget i was like in elementary school and i was like singing earth wind and fire and my teacher was like how do you know that song i was like wait you mean this isn't popular now with the kids (laughs) (laughs) but like no i was always like learning from my parents and i but i do remember for a minute being like oh i don't want to hear that old stuff let me be current with what the kids like let me listen to at the time like nelly and all the people but um So I remember just listening to the radio a lot, just singing along to what was there. And like, so I enjoy music. I enjoy singing, not like professionally, but like singing to myself, that kind of stuff. And so I remember hearing the Emancipation of Mimi on the radio. The first time I heard We Belong Together on the radio, because I really hadn't heard of Mariah before then, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like Mm -hmm. in fifth, fifth, going on sixth grade. And I remember being like, who's that? She's singing significantly better than the rest of the people I'm hearing on the radio, I can't, I remember trying to copy her and just like sing along. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and so I was like fascinated with her, how high her voice could go. I was fascinated by the, like how difficult the song was to sing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I asked my parents, I was like, dad, can you get me a Mariah Carey CD? Keep in mind, I'm in fifth grade. I don't know that she has like at the time, 10 other albums or 15 <laughs> other albums. I just said, can you get me the Mariah Carey album thinking he would get I want the emancipation of Mimi, mm-hmm. but no, he got me, he took me to a record store. Since how old I am. I, he took me to a record store and he bought me the greatest hits and it was not the number ones album. It was the 2003 greatest hits mm-hmm. um, compilation album. And I remember being like, is this the album? Cause I didn't, I'm keep in mind. I'm young. I don't know what the cover looks like. I don't know what the song, like what the title of the album is. I just said the Mariah Carey album. And so I put it in. I'm like, this doesn't sound like the songs I heard on the radio. This isn't shake it off. This isn't don't forget about us. And so I was very confused, kind of upset. But then I actually listened to the album and I was like, wow, these songs are hitting. And wow, she's hitting all these crazy notes. And I was like trying to mimic her and I was unable. And I was just like listening to her constantly, constantly, constantly trying to memorize. Like I was so fascinated. Like how can someone sing this well? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then after that, I kind of went on a rabbit hole, started listening to all of her albums in order um, at the time, just put all of them on my iPod um, and then just became a fan ever since, like never stopped. And this was since like 2005. And um, yeah, I just think that she's a big part of my musical journey um, as someone who was not just someone who listened to music casually, mm-hmm. but like thinking about music, studying notes, studying chords background vocals and also just like learning more about her like through her books like her book and um just her interviews and like fact that she writes all her songs not like she's got pen game she's been writing since she was like 17 well officially since she was 17 or 16 but has written since she was a kid yeah just like really like appreciated her talent and became a stan a lamb for life (laughs) very very cool okay so my next one is also on um, oh i did oh, wait, not go Corey. yes i'm yeah. sorry my brain it's okay I'm sorry. <laughs> yes Corey, go ahead so my first person um i thought we were just doing characters but since we're mm-hmm. not my first person is viola davis who played annalise keating and how to get period yeah so viola davis is like probably my 
next to Angela Bassett, my favorite actress of like all time. She just, Mm -hmm. anything that she does, she just, amazing in it and she's known for other stuff besides how to get away with murder like fences and she was in suicide squad like she was in a lot of different stuff but specifically for how to get away with murder annalise keating which is her character is like this big shot lawyer who basically it seems like she's almost invincible to a certain point like any kind of case that comes her way she's able to win the case every single time she's able to get herself out of impossible situations and it's a little bit problematic because it's like that strong black woman trope almost but i will say the show does show the character having really vulnerable moments showing that she you know can't take everything by herself but yeah just viola davis in general like first of all she's so pretty like she's literally so pretty every time i see her i'm like oh my gosh she's like you know seeing your mom or something like that yes but yeah Viola gives off like rich auntie vibes and it's yeah. so aspirational as like a dark skinned black woman to see her just like take any role and kill it. Like exactly you could sit anything in Viola Davis last she's like, period, done. She's definitely Emmy? like an actress where like if I saw her in the cover of a movie, I would go see the movie just because she's in it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. Viola is like that. Um and I just I love watching just I I my mother was my mother's a big how to get away with murder. Um, you know that whole cinematic universe stuff and even if I didn't like watch the show like watching just clips of Viola acting it's like it's it's there's like this certain aspect I want to say for some actors where they don't like to look ugly on screen and Viola is just like if it's part of the character I'm gonna do it yes. and there's like there's like a respect I have for that because like she the has seen breaks down it's just like yeah oh. Like, in the show, yeah. there's a point where she's having, like, like a huge mental breakdown and, like, no wig, no makeup, hair in its complete natural state without any kind of stretching of the texture at all. Like, she's not afraid to be on camera like that. And I was like, that's really, like, like you said, that's, like, really respectable to see. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 yeah, yes. She's yes. a once-in-a-lifetime talent. She is. Once-in-a-lifetime. She is. And it's just, like, I can't wait to see, like, how how long she's going to do like these more strong roles and like when she switches off into like more i don't not even not even like maternal roles but like roles for like older women like i'm interested mm-hmm. to see how her career will continue to flow so yes um i'm actually gonna change my second one because nia's talking about it so we'll rant and rave about that um i'm going to do <laughs> shonda motherfucking ride since we're talking about how to get away with murder i as a writer as a black woman, as a writer, her flowers. Miss Shonda Rhimes is the inspiration. This woman has it's been in her bag since two thousand. Grey's Anatomy is going on its fourteenth season. Fourteenth season. She is the creator, the writer, and the producer. I want that type of legacy. I don't want to write for 14 <laughs> seasons, but I want that type of the impact that Shonda Rhimes has on the writing industry is just immaculate. For those of you who don't know who Shonda Rhimes is, Shonda Rhimes is a black female writer who is just unprecedented. She is just, she cannot be defeated. She, um, she has been working since like 1995. Um, and, a lot of her she just writes masterpieces that deserve awards she's created a studio she's a producer more than a writer now but she's out here just continuing to promote and create 
and that's so hard like there is a point in time where i fucking gave up on hollywood being somebody who wants to like write black fantasy and write black historicals and do all this type of stuff like for me the turning point was black panther when i saw black panther i was like okay so we can write about black people and like a magical or action or fanatical space and people will like it like i know hollywood doesn't like it but when when hollywood realized that that shit was like kind of a thing but then i'm like okay so like okay cool because then you know i don't have to be the first person to be like read a black fantasy or whatever like that but then like looking at shonda rhimes and looking at how much she's written and how far she's come Mm -hmm. let me just read off some of her for some of her accolades the princess diaries two royal engagement she was right around that she's the creator of Grey's anatomy right she's um scandal scandal was who i didn't watch scandal episode for episode my mother was another scandal person olivia pope (sighs) olivia pope is an amazing character and watching olivia pope and then watching How to Give Away with Murder with Annalise Keaton and Viola Davis, I'm like, this woman is in her bag. And then she's the producer for Bridgington, and she's got, like, two more projects coming up. There is no stopping Miss Shonda Rhimes, and she's an inspiration to me as a writer. I'm just like, so I can just write whatever the fuck I want and just just continue to win? Because, like, she's won, you know, Writer's Girls Awards, NAACP Awards, you know, she's... um the Directors Guild of America Awards, Black Rule Awards, and she's just amazing. One of my favorite facts about her is that her studios at Shonda Rhyme and Land, she actually has an office for her daughters to come there and uh, sit and write with her while she works. And so it's amazing. I love Shonda Rhimes, and I just, she's, once I found out about who she was, I was like, what do you mean Grey's Anatomy was written and created by the Black women? wait a second because Grey's Anatomy has been around forever when I found that yeah. out I was like oh okay oh so we're out here doing the damn thing that's what you're telling me we're out here doing the damn thing so yes Miss Shonda Rhimes have to give her flowers because she's also didn't here. Bridgerton get like a sec- like it's already the second season's out now or something like that yeah, like I know the first season's like the, one of the most watched things on Netflix ever so and she's a producer on that. Like mm-hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And I and I as somebody who wants to like write, direct, and produce, she's like incredible. So yes. Miss Shonda Rhimes have to give her all her flowers. <laughs> uh Mary, you're gonna okay. so my second character is Go Ahead Run. Go ahead on. Um the female lead in the crime drama Misty. Um, okay, so oh. she was probably one of my most favorite, like, powerful, yet slightly flawed characters in a TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the time that this was being aired, I don't think I had seen, like, an ambitious woman in a character in a K-drama for a while. So when she came through, I was like, oh, okay. You know, it wasn't a rom-com or she wasn't, I don't know, like... It wasn't a mock jong and she wasn't being abused by her husband or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um Misty they, was so good. I need to rewatch yeah. it. Oh my gosh. It's out it's out it's out on Netflix now. Really? Okay. Yeah. Let me go add it to my <laughs> but, um you could say like 
I wouldn't say her character was evil or mean, but I would say she was kind of harsh, harsh with made sense of the, she worked in a very much male dominated career field. She was an anchor woman. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know who the stylist was, but these pantsuits they were putting her in, she looked good at every moment in the show with a little, her, her red lipstick. And then at the time uh, it's the characters played by Kim Namju, who I believe this was like her first role in a while she had stayed home and was like taking care of her kids. So mm-hmm. you could see her really put her, I don't know what, like a lot of effort into this character. So I was mm-hmm. on edge every time this character was on screen. Half the time I'm like rooting for her because she's like, she's not backing down from anything. And then half the time I'm like, girl, why are you in the room with your ex lover? Please. Yeah, she's a very like, <laughs> polarizing character because like like just like Marion said like half the time you're like what the hell are you doing like stop (laughs) and the other half you're like clapping for her because she's just being a boss ass bitch like over here police interrogating the fuck out of her not even a sweat (laughs) not even a quiver Mm -hmm. no yeah I love flawed powerful women it's just I feel like a lot of dramas try to make the female leads like either incredibly perfect Mm-hmm. or like they have no character depth so mm-hmm. flawed women are definitely amazing but yeah what is I'll, it I'm, I respect women's um good what is that? I respect women's wrongs as well yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. okay Nia uh you're gonna next my second one okay so this my second choice is a fictional character from a movie, the Studio Ghibli movie titled Whisper of the Heart. Um, I'm my one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, the main character, Shizuku, um, this movie kind of, like, so just a backstory. I'm not going to give the entire plot, but this movie is a very much like a slice of life coming of age movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of Studio Ghibli's, like, I'd say most mellow movies. Um, it was produced by, screenplays by Hayao Miyazaki legendary Hayao Miyazaki but also it's the last one of the last projects done by Yoshifumi Kondo who I just who directed this but they shortly passed away um in 1995 after this movie but like this no in 1998 I believe is when they passed but this movie is mostly just about like a an average Japanese girl in middle school who loves reading goes to the library all the time reads a bunch of books um is writing the japanese lyrics for country road for her for her friends or for her chorus class and like people always praise her you're such a good poet you're a great writer and then she just has like it's this cute like coming of age romance of like how she'll get library books and she sees this boy's name the same name in several books that she's checking out and she's like hmm you checked out this one too i wonder what kind of person this guy is and then we find they meet each other coincidentally and since she's always into her like fantasy worlds of reading books she's like let me follow this random cat that's sitting next to me on a train you know on the way home from school and see where this cat goes and lo and behold okay. the cat leads her that's a horror to... story but okay <laughs> listen it is it i don't mean to spoil but this is just a cute thing like it leads her to an antique shop they meet and like it's a really wonderful antique shop they bond um they share their hopes and dreams and she's like oh you're inspiring i want to write a book i want to write a book and i said is this movie for me <laughs> is this movie written for me i the first time i saw this movie i was in high school and i felt so attacked because i said oh why do i relate so much to a character i've never been so i've never 
seen so many attributes of myself <laughs> in a character. Um, like the struggle she shows writing this book, it's like not knowing what you want to do next, finding your passions, like falling in love, crushes, like the mundaneness of every day, um, but enjoying reading, going to the library. Like I remember like this, it's just so many things tied in together. Think wanting to make life a story, wanting to make things around you a, like something you'd read out of a book. It's so wonderful. If anybody hasn't seen this movie, and if you especially love either you love uh, reading, you love writing, or you just love coming of age, like fluffy, cute movies, I feel like this movie is so relatable. Um, it's so specific because it's very much like it feels like this is an individual story or something similar to that. But I think the more specific you get, the more broad you get. So it's very, I think this movie is pretty much like a healing movie. It's like a movie you watch and you feel like, oh, wow, this, it's like it hits you at your heartstrings. I love it. It's one of the only times I've watched a movie and I was like, wow, this feels like copy paste similar to my life in a way. Mm. <laughs> Wonderful. That's cool. That's cool. I I don't think I've watched any of the Studio Ghibli movies yet. I need to change that. I'll have to go on it. <laughs> they're wonderful. Yeah. I the they're just some of them are like a lot of them are more action packed, mm-hmm. but like I love the mundane ones, like the chill ones. They just they hit different. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> this movie's fantastic. Corey, you wanna go next? Yeah, my next person or character is Storm from X Men. So yes. Storm, yeah, <laughs> Storm oh. is—I don't even know what to say. Like she's like the most iconic Black hero. First of all, even ahead of Black Panther, I will put that period. out there. She period. most period. iconic. Um, one of the most powerful X Men in existence. People kind of downplay her power in the movies, but oh, if they actually did God. her justice. They did her justice. Oh wow! It would just no, be a whole nother. I, I love coming across TikToks. Was like, let me explain to you how powerful Storm is. This woman <laughs> was stop. This woman did she like in one comic re like turn the Earth? Um, yes, circling in a different direction. Yes, said, this woman is God. She is God. <laughs> she, so actually, she is the goddess. She is right, the goddess. right, right. <laughs> yeah, like like after I think after she gained her powers, like she started being worshipped as the goddess, as she should, because she can control the fucking weather. Like I would worship her as well. Like damn, what is going on here? But yes. um, she was former leader of the X Men, uh, like back in the day when they when she first was introduced. Uh, like basically all the strong female characters that are popular now are kind of co- not copies, but she was the blueprint. Mm-hmm. She was as, the blueprint for all of them, as we always are. As we always <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah, exactly. And then you know people are debating whether or not she should be the rightful ruler of wakanda because she was married to black panther at one point i don't know i don't want to get in that debate because i don't know you know yeah. <laughs> but yeah she's just all around tumultuous though so like yeah 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 i don't want to you know get into all of that but definitely she also dated wolverine which was like what <laughs> wolverine the only like, person what? who could control wolverine too yeah Storm's just a badass bitch, and it's so crazy because I'm not into comics, but I always love Storm, and I want to do like a, a like a um, a correct Storm cosplay because she's just so powerful. And I realized that like mm-hmm. if I ever make characters with like powers, I immediately go to weather, and I think that's yeah. Storm's impact. Like when people were like, "What kind of superpower do you want, bitch? 
to stop tsunamis, to have lightning strike out of nowhere, to fly. She can do so much shit. And it's like, it's it's crazy how I just want them to like really do her justice in one of these movies eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I was going to wrap up with. Like literally, like hopefully one day, you know, although I love like Halle Berry as Storm, you know, hopefully we can get another person to do her justice. We can get like maybe one day have like her own movie because she has enough content for her to have a movie like Marvel, which y'all, right. you know, doing get on that. But yeah. Is there somebody you would like to play her the next time? Oh, I'm sorry. Nia. Please don't cast someone light skinned. No, I'm talking to Hollywood. Oh, yes. Do not do it. Stop it. I can't think no, of anyone good. right now. Cause mm-hmm. like, Knowing how Hollywood is, they would probably try to cast like Zendaya or something, and that's not her. Please don't. Like that's not her fault. It's not. That's that's just how Hollywood is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think of young black actresses. I would. I would say like I would rather have them cast somebody who's not really known well, Mm, because that's what Marvel did at first in the first place. They would cast these random ass like. Tom Hiddleston. Nobody knew who Tom Hiddleston was before he did Loki. <laughs> like, you know, just cast mm-hmm. these unknown actors and actresses and, you know, have them make the character. Like, yeah, especially like when you get an actor or actress who's not well known, you can really do anything with the character, in my opinion. Because when you have yes. somebody who's too well known, they bring their personality into the character. Like how Love Robert Downing Jr., but Tony Stark and him are synonymous at this point yes. because of like he brought his personality into the character. Mm-hmm. so yeah okay my next one is this took up this impacted a very large portion of my life the motherfucking cheetah girls mm. when i tell you that me and my cousins would choreograph entire performances for <laughs> every family function based on cheetah girl songs i mean that um we would fight about who would get who and who would be who and it was just like i always was mad because i didn't think that I was Gabriella, but I was Gabriella. And it's just like <laughs> um the Cheetah Girls was impactful for me because I'd always love singing and dancing. My nickname is Boogie because um I would dance um the song Boogie Nights all the time. And so my mother started calling me that. And for a while I've wanted to be like singing, dancing on stage. I know I wanted to do something in that had to pertain with like entertainment and media and stuff like that. And Cheetah Girls was like a really big like gateway into me just feeling like a pop star because there were black girls on stage looking like pop stars in a world where pop stars weren't considerably well not really black at the time, like in the early two thousands. It was like we had Dusty's Child and that was it like in mainstream for like a lot of the time and so to see like the cheetah girls also like a pop group that was definitely targeted towards kids made it like really impactful for me i know all the songs i know i I can i haven't watched the movies in ages but i can probably which one's your favorite film the first one no the second one. The second one. I love the song. As it should be. (laughs) I love the songs. (laughs) The songs that the song that Doe does with the 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 guy from Spain when they're dancing. I just I just feel like the songs in the second one just go off just a little bit more. They just go off just a little bit more. And we people were like we don't talk See, about but the third. Cinderella though. Cinder- no, Cinderella is an OG. Listen, no, Cinderella is yeah. the best song from the first movie. Yeah. It's the best song from the first movie. Listen. It's probably top 3. 
but the vibes in the second yes. one, babe, the vibes of the second one were giving. The one where God. they're dancing, oh, yes, the, listen, in front the of setting. the mirror, and then they're and then they, the mirrors turn around and they're on a stage. Yes. Iconic. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh God, Cheetah Girls were definitely like a huge part of my life, and I don't know when I outgrew them. Um, but like, if you turn on, I will definitely be ch- playing Cheetah Girls for my future children because I just y'all have to love. That was music, bitch. Those were movies too, <laughs> songs, movies, dances, Come iconic on. looks. Like it was like, and to see like somebody who was plus size, like um Gabriella, also being in Cheetah Girls, also really inspired me because I wasn't, you know, small, tiny, or dainty. I'm, you know, I was, I was like five eight five nine in middle school and high school and so like to see gabriella and aquafina not aquafina not aquafina i'm so sorry but but to see the girls just like out here doing the damn thing it was just no yeah no it's so iconic and it was just such an impact people like we don't talk about the third movie i talk about the third movie the music the third movie was good it was so yeah wait i didn't know people didn't they weren't fucking with the third movie like they didn't like it Uh because gabriella wasn't in it and raven wasn't in it but yeah even if you know the um, the adults of this franchise have now you know i don't fuck with a lot of them but cheetah girls does have a special place in my heart and i can't ignore it and its impact on like my want for stardom or like, oh, I could be a pop star, that type of thing. And like the fashion was giving. The looks. Listen, the first listen, I gotta say it's the first movie, the cheetah print on oh everything kind of hit. hit. It kind of was hit. a thing. And when they would explain why they're the, called the cheater girls and like that whole like nuance on how they wanted <laughs> um how they wanted them to like break up in the beginning when they were like with the recording company. I was like, yes, girls for life bros you know bros before hoes like it's just it was giving cheetah girls was a, a moment in my time and i can't like ignore its impact so yeah <laughs> uh mary you want to go next okay so my last character would be raven baxter um as i said before there i watched disney channel and there were very few very few black um character influences in my life when i was younger mm-hmm. Um, Raven Baxter was definitely one of the few, um, I, on screen, I felt at on screen at Disney, even when the show had started and she was younger, like her body type was still different than all the other leads on Disney channel shows, which kind Mm -hmm. of represented me at the time. Um, especially, especially after her character got a little older, Mm -hmm. um, on top of that, Raven always came through with the looks. That there's this Ooh. one scene where she's on yes. a farm and she's gonna milk a t- cow. What does she step out in? Some white bell bottoms with some cow patterns, a button down, some fringes, and a little hat, cowboy hat. Just to no, no, she had like little pigtails with cow pattern little things, just to just to milk some cows. Then the whole purple fit she wore at school. And she was yes. a designer. She made all those outfits herself. And on top of that, I feel like if I were to go back and watch That So Raven, because I've seen clips, her character mm-hmm. was actually funny. Like, I would laugh she at those jokes today. And so oh, yeah. that's I, definitely, that's my last character as someone who influenced yeah. me. 
I will never forget the racial discrimination episode mm-hmm. that they did for um, That's So Raven when she was at the store. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at the store and somebody followed her or was she working at the store? I can't remember which one it was, but those like impactful like talks about race because like you can't, I mean, unfortunately you can't write a black character without talking about mm-hmm. them being black in the world. And so it was cool that a Disney show was willing to go that far and talk about race and how it impacts you. This girl was a psychic. She was like yeah. literally seeing into the future and they could have continued to stick with the very like normal like childhood. We're not going to exp- we're not going to um expose you to the harm of the world, but doing it and doing it tastefully mm-hmm. was nice. Raven was hilarious she and was. I just she was just so funny. Again, seeing a plus size girl icon. on TV was also very impactful for me as well. But um people tell me that the remake, not people, I see TikToks about the remake and apparently it's supposed to be good or funny. So I'm thinking of checking that out because I would love to see that little continuation from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wanna go next? Yes, yes. Oh, my next one. Yes. So this one, I didn't mean to make you take oh, it no. off your list. No, like no, I no, really no. thought that we, I would just add on to yours. No, no. <laughs> but like, it's okay. No, if go I just, ahead. No, go like ahead. I took it off so we can, but we can both talk about it now. <laughs> okay. So the main thing, like at first, I wanted to just, I was trying to first find a way to add Brandy without taking like the entire Brandy. I was like, maybe I could just put yes. Cinderella on here or maybe I could do Moesha. Oh, yes. But then I was like, you know what? Okay. So since we'll just talk about Brandy in general. So I have to say this, Brandy Norwood, the Brandy Norwood. Period. I cannot understate the fact that Brandy was crucial yes. to black girls oh. everywhere. In the in the nineties oh. and two thousands, I think Brandy does not understand she her impact on young girls. She literally is the reason I, why I had braids for like ten years straight. Oh, like the individual braids, the way she, her impact, the cultural shift that she did for young black girls is understated. It's understated. <laughs> we really don't give Brandy her flowers for not only being incredibly talented, but a teen idol for black girls like truly a pop star yes. an r&b pop star who felt just like a regular yes. girl like it's so hard to do that like like when i think back at it like i hate to bring up like obvious comparisons but like as someone who also liked Aaliyah, i never really saw myself in mm-hmm. Aaliyah. does that I, make sense i definitely we, like, understand Aaliyah though, was one of those to me why she was like she was just another a light-skinned black girl who was getting her flowers which she deserved but like she wasn't yeah. relatable to me right like even like same like i and i could be that i always viewed her older mm-hmm. because they kind of pushed her mm-hmm. older like i never looked at her and said she's a teenager same for monica they're all from the same generation monica they had her in mom jeans singing about before you walk out my life at 16 i'm like you're yeah, a child the same for what me are you talking Aaliyah, about heartbreak like, for she's like my favorite like early 2000s pop star but for me it was the older part like she was never mm-hmm. never I, yeah. I always thought that she was like in her early 20s or like 18 19 like she was never seen as like a kid or a teenager yeah. a kid right like i never and i feel like that's 
like reason why Brandy was so important because I watch Moesha religiously. Moesha, I watch Cinderella. I've listened to her albums. Brandy was to me the mm-hmm. blueprint because she was just, I had her Barbie doll. Y'all don't get it. Brandy had a Barbie. Y'all don't get it. Like Brandy, what she was able to accomplish, what she meant for our, for black folks, for black mm-hmm. girls, especially dark skinned black girls. And then she would, didn't have a relaxed hair. Yes. She had braids. Like I remember wanting braids. I had a relaxer, so I couldn't get braids, but I remember being so jealous. Yeah, no. I was like, should I, should I get, as a bl- I can't get braids. Right, I got a relaxer. A girl who had braids from like middle school up until I got locks, like seeing Brandy, like, I remember being a kid in our first house in St. Louis watching Brandy Cinderella. I just, I would play it out. I still have the VHS. I still have the VHS. It's downstairs. I saw it when I was packing. And I was just like, Same. I know this movie front, back, and forward. Brandy Cinderella is just, God, when I, it, it, it had to be the first time that I saw a black princess and I was just like she's so pretty and yeah. like to see her and Whitney just kill it on stage every time me and my mom if I start singing impossible my mother will start singing impossible with me that's like how big of an impact that movie alone like that is one slither of Brandy's career and that movie alone is just so iconic when I tell you my entire wedding is going to be based off that entire movie I have told y'all this 750 times and I'm going to say it 750 times more. <laughs> my wedding will look like Brandy Cinderella you bitches better come and ball gowns and gloves god the blue dress <laughs> period god, i just oh oh it's, it's iconic oh. i feel like brandy it's so um we cannot talk enough about like how important that was yes. for little girls because like we said keep in mind tiana didn't mm. exist no sort of black princess was even in the yeah, world. i think the biggest like, thing we, we had was probably like, black barbie at that time was black barbie yeah definitely Definitely. And even the Barbie movies did not star any of the black Mm -hmm. Barbies. It starred, you know, Barbie. So it was like, unless you were playing with a doll, like you weren't, you weren't actually seeing a black princess on screen and you had produced by Whitney Houston, like Whoopi Goldberg. And then you got the musical theater folks like Jason Alexander and like Bernadette Sanders. Like this is, this is in a, an Asian prince. Like you, this doesn't, I, you can't I get hope, that anywhere I else. I woefully believe that Brandy Cinderella impacted the way I started shifting towards Asian culture. <laughs> like I felt like that was a scene. <laughs> the scene that was like a small scene. It was just like Asian men are fine. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just... I feel like we as a community will talk about how Brandy's the vocal Bible. We'll talk about her music. We don't talk about how she literally created a whole generation. She influenced a whole generation of black mm-hmm. girls into just being like, you can just be a 16 year old black girl with talking braids. about sitting up yes. in my room. Like you can just do raids and just, you don't have to be 50 when you're 10. Yes. <laughs> like you don't like, yes. you don't have like, to grow, like just that's... be yourself. And that's what I, yeah, oh, I think it's, it speaks about the adultification of Black girls as a whole in society. And so, Especially in the music yeah, industry. So to see Brandy just be able to live her life as a 16-year-old and then to move on to Moesha when she got older and just continue to like age with her craft accordingly. Like, yep. And that's not to say that um, other young girls weren't um, adultified, but it, like it's a very serious problem when you know black girls in elementary school are getting arrested because they're throwing temper tantrums and because things like that. And so on right. a bigger, larger social you know platform, 
to see Brandy, it's just like, especially someone like me, especially someone who's like dark skinned like me, it's like, as much as you like love the representation from like Beyonce and Aaliyah and all these other, you know, T and Tamara and all that other stuff, but it was when I got to see a dark skin, a dark skin princess, I was like, oh wow. And I've never had like issues with my skin or hating the fact that I was dark skinned because my mother's a beautiful dark skin woman, my grandma's a beautiful dark skin woman. But I don't think I realized how much seeing Brandy on screen impacted me until I got older. I was like, wow, that was like the only dark skinned black icon that I had for a while when I was younger. And it wasn't until I got older that I got yeah. to see more um, you know, dark skinned women be in the spotlight. So yeah. Brandy deserves her flowers, her kudos. God. Ugh. Legendary. Brandy, like the impact, we need to give her awards on awards on awards. She deserves the everything. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, Corey, you're next. Uh, For my last character, I chose Tifa Lockhart from Final Fantasy VII because Final Fantasy VII is like one of my favorite games of all time. Mm-hmm. So Tifa is like, along with my other two people, <laughs> she's very strong, um, mm-hmm. not afraid to put the main male in his place. Uh, the mm-hmm. main character of that game is Cloud. And she's like, literally not afraid to tell him when he's wrong. She's not afraid of a fight. Always jumping in to save someone. Never is one that has to be saved. And I really like love characters like that. Cause I think growing up, we always are fed the princess stories and like the idea of like waiting on a man to come get me when I can get mm-hmm. myself out of a situation is just like, ugh. I but, don't want to be like Cinderella. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, exactly <laughs> that. She's just an iconic character all around. Like one of the most known characters in gaming in my opinion i'm pretty mm-hmm. sure like that's like a fact as well but yeah okay cool cool i'm gonna wrap it out with my um my three favorite asian character girlies who had a big impact on me and i didn't realize it um ming lan from the story of ming lan the story of ming lan is my favorite chinese historical ever and to watch the basically her story is that she's the youngest daughter of this like aristocrat family and her mother basically dies at the hand of her father's concubine. And you just get to watch her go from childhood to adulthood and see how important marriage was for this like a period in time in China. But she is the smartest character in the entire story. And I love to watch female characters just be cunning and smart. And like my favorite thing that I learned from watching the story of Milan, I literally just rewatched it a few weeks ago. And it's the fact that she was not afraid to pretend and act. I feel like crying is something for me that I wouldn't do. But she's like, if the situation calls for a bitch, I'm finna boohoo. I'm finna cry. I'm finna be on my knees. And I just love that. As somebody who likes to think a few steps ahead, to watch this female character be like eight steps ahead of everybody is amazing. And she was raised by, you know, a beautiful, strong grandmother. And just to watch her finally get her after like, failed engagement after engagement because of her status as you know an illegitimate child and all this other stuff i love it i have to give a shout out to heisu from it's okay that's love played by gong hyo jin i love this character she's so flawed um you know her trauma when it comes to um sexual contacts and her almost um arrow romantic status but my favorite thing in this line i have never forgotten this line since i first watched the show 
it's when her boyfriend um she lives in a house with three other men right she lives in a house with, like joe and sung and lee kwang su and song il dong and she her ex-boyfriend is like constantly banging at the door and they have never like kissed or had any type of sexual contact because she's been traumatized by this her mother cheating um and Joan Sung says something to her that he says something to her that we're just trying to help you not be the bad guy. And she says to him, I'm not afraid of being a bitch. And I said, uh-huh. I, I, when I, when I said that, when I, it burned in my heart, I have never forgotten that line. And so whenever I come into contact with situations where I feel like I can be perceived as a bitch or, um, you know, something like that, I'm like, why would I be afraid to be the bitch? I don't care, right? And so Heisu is really like a flaw. She's like this character who thinks she knows the best and like being like a doctor and a psychologist to end up dating someone who has a mental illness and never really seeing it because of like her pride and vanity and stuff like that. So Heisu is one of my favorite. And then last but not least is Shiwan from Reply um, 1997 played by A-Pink's NG. She was just living my life. When you were talking about Whisper of the Heart, Nia, I was like, this woman was living the life that I wanted in high school. She got married to her best friend. (laughs) She was a fangirl who turned into a screenwriter who got to work with her idols. I said, that is the life I want to live. That is, that was like, that's my life right there. I want to be Shiwan. She was so funny. She curses a lot and I curse a lot and she just like loved, she was in love with H.O.T. Um, I would have definitely been a Shinwa fan girl but like it was just I I, I relate <laughs> to her so much and she was just living the dream life for me. Like she married her best friend and like was just living her life. So yes. Um, last but not least I'd like to shout out to Bratz, the Bratz dolls because that had a huge impact on my life as well, seeing dark-skinned Barbie dolls and things like that. So, yeah, guys, we did it. Happy Women's History Month, ladies. Um, and happy Women's History Month to all of our listeners. Uh, we, you know, we love to talk about our favorite things, and so we hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do not give us a five-star review, you're anti-woman. Huh. You're an anti-feminist. <laughs> I would just say that. I'm gonna just say it, and I and I mean that with the bottom of my heart. So Spotify, <laughs> uh, five star review or uh, Apple Podcasts, come talk to us. You know, if you listen to this episode, shoot us a gift or picture with no context of your favorite female character, um, or a woman who has impacted you in your life. Um, and you can hit us up at Twitter at commented or TikTok at commented podcast. Until next time, I'm Tori. I'm Marin. I'm Nia. And I'm Ducoria. Bye-bye. Bye.